As always, I am your host, Kyle Willard. Welcome to the show. What a crazy, crazy week that we have under our belts. In this episode, we're going to be jumping around to a number of different topics. Sorry, it's less organized than normal, but there's there's a lot that I want to cover. Think of this as more of an update episode, both for myself and a previous episodes content. That sounds like it works, right? All right. First, as always, I want to shout out to all the folks that have been supporting the show. I want to make sure that there's a shout out to both family and friends for their love and support. You know, it's it's definitely a thing to have the support and the love that I've gotten, you know, from family and friends. You know, I'm, I'm blessed to be surrounded by some amazing people. Some of those people, a couple of them, my friend Chris and his girlfriend are actually doing amazing things today. I found out prior to writing the show notes this morning that they are in the hospital working on having their first baby. I'm beyond stoked. These these are amazing people. They're going to raise an amazing kid. You know, they're they're definitely both going to be awesome awesome parents. I'm going to argue that this baby girl is going to have a controller in her hand with by the time that she's three <laughs> thoughts and prayers to him. You know, I, I hope that everything's perfect. I know it's going to be a traumatic and rough day. You know, there's, there's a lot of moving pieces when you're having a kid, but you know what? These guys can get through it and I'm beyond stoked for them. You know, bringing a new life into this world is a hard job and I'm stoked. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I can't say stoked enough. I'm beyond excited for these guys. And welcome to the planet, little baby. You know, yeah, enough gushing. <laughs> I'm just stoked for you guys. Uh, let's talk about Blizzard. Blizzard Activision, you know, I'm, I'm sure everybody on the planet at this point knows what's going on with them. Basically, they had horrible, horrible, horrible corporate culture. You know, they had cube crawls, which apparently is pub crawling, but at work. Terrible life decision. Um, there was a huge amount of sexual harassment. There was sexual discrimination against women. There were bosses that were literally handing off their workload and expecting that their empl- their female employees would just suck it up and deal. Um, yeah, it, it continues. It's still a complete and utter shit show. Um, yeah, since the original episode, there have been a number of things that have popped out. Uh, it's important situation to follow for both those in the gaming industry as well as those in software development, just because of the fact that, I mean, this is a potential employer. You need to know, you know, who you're working with and what to expect. Well, let's dive in to talk about it, right? So over 2,000 employees signed a letter um, and planned on you know, doing a strike. I believe they did. I don't remember the exact thing. I know that there was at least, you know, roughly a good portion of them who just didn't show up to work the next day. Um, Blizzard went ahead and said, Oh, Hey, you know what? We'll, we'll pay you. Go ahead and attend a protest. We'll go ahead and give you PTO for the day. (laughs) Screwed up. We'll give you some money. So you shut up. At least that's the, that's the vibe I get out of it. Um, Tuesday, August 3rd, it was announced that Blizzard president J. Allen Brack had resigned. Brack started with Blizzard in 2006 and had been president since 2018. Prior to that, he was an executive producer on, drumroll, World of Warcraft, Blizzard's most successful game ever. Okay, so Brack was aware of the toxic culture at Blizzard. That is what the DFEH's lawsuit alleges, which means he was aware that his people were doing horrifically horrible, nasty, disgusting, vile things. Now, to replace him is going to be former Vicarious Visions leader Jen O'Neill and one-time Xbox executive Mike Ibarra. They'll step in. They'll co-lead Blizzard. 
Um, I'm not going to lie. The fact that there's a lady on this list really probably is a good thing. If if women are abused, one would hope that a lady leading the charge would mitigate some of that behavior. In other news, Blizzard decided that you know one lawsuit wasn't enough, so one of their investors, a guy named Gary Cheng, filed a class action lawsuit against Activision Blizzard. Same day, August 3rd, for violation of securities law. Oh, Lordy. In essence, alleging that the company misled investors by not talking about the investigation. And so when the lawsuit popped, they went ahead and filed another one, basically saying, you guys screwed us. We're about to lose a crap ton of money because you guys decided to have a, quote, frat boy workplace culture. The suit alleges that the omission of this information exposed shareholders to unknown risks. I think that's the understatement of the century. The amount of liability is just absurd. It also says Activision Blizzard did not notify shareholders of the investigation in the first place. They didn't even know that Blizzard was being investigated. If I was a shareholder at Blizzard, I'd lose it. I would straight lose it. Not it looks like that's pretty much what this guy did. The lawsuit text is actually in the show notes. Make sure that, you know, with anything that has legal value, make sure that you actually look at the full text of the suit, not just excerpts. I'm not going to read the entire thing here. It's way too long. Uh, but long story short, if you have shareholders or and you are a leader of a company and you don't tell your shareholders literally about everything major, you're not going to be a leader at that company very long because I, either you're going to get sued out of you know existence as a company or you're going to lose your job because this board of directors, this shareholders board is going to vote you out. This is probably why Brack ran for the hills. To be honest, he's probably done in gaming. <sighs> at least I would assume so. I would hope so. I mean, if you're aware of this kind of crazy crap, you really shouldn't be in the industry. Just retire, take your millions, go hide in the Bahamas. You know, get the hell out of here. You screwed up. You are forever dead to the Blizzard gamers. And there's even more. I, I wish that I could be done here with this topic. Like, it, I swear to God, it's just so much that keeps coming out. Frances Townsend. Let's talk about Frances Townsend. In my quick search, I didn't see her job title. Um, th this lady basically lost it, guys. So she, she alleged that the allegations were old, that they weren't new. This wasn't new stuff going on. The changes have been made, what have you. And then she tweeted an article talking about What's wrong with whistleblowers and why, why whistleblowing is bad? Oh, man. So here's the deal. Whistleblowing isn't bad. It's actually a necessary evil, which is why the federal government in the United States actually protects whistleblowers. Okay, Let, let's make that clear. The federal government has whistleblowing statutes on the books. Shut up. You're dumb. I, I, again, you should. I guess this lady is still employed with Blizzard Activision. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah, you know. It, it, so this is this is from massively overpowered Activision Blizzard. Francis Townsend steps down from one studio post. Jeff Kurtnacker departs. Um, I guess this lady. Oh lordy. I guess this lady, the company's president for corporate affairs. That's her job. That was her job. Um, she sent a, sp quote, spectacularly combative internal memo. Um, do, 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 do. Let's see if I can grab it real quick. Yeah, bas basically, long story short, she, she said some dumb stuff in an internal memo and then turned around and she tweeted about how, you know, whistleblowers are bad. She was actually part, she was the executive sponsor for the Activision Blizzard 
Women's Network. Okay. Her job in that role was to protect women. Somebody comes up and says, hey, you guys are abusing women. And her initial response is to pop off about how whistleblowers are bad? People! Brains! That's the gray matter between your ears. Please use it. I get it. You're getting a big-ass paycheck. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Oh, Townsend's department from the ne- departure from the network comes after she denounced California lawsuit and by extension the claims of the company's whistleblowers and victims in a leaked internal memo that read very similarly to Blizzard's internal response to the suit. They called its claims outdated and unprovable. And last week she provoked twi- Twitter drama when she subtweeted an article villainizing whistleblowing that resulted in a backlash from workers on the platform, which led her to block blizzard employees and journalists and then ultimately delete her twitter account of her own volition according to activision she popped off and then she ran okay she she dove for cover she screwed up she didn't realize that she was screwing up and she dove for cover i'm gonna wager that her golden parachute leaving blizzard is gonna be you know at least mid six figures on that one okay from people in leadership roles bailing to advertisers jumping ship to players all over the world boycotting games, specifically World of Warcraft, Activision Blizzard is, is in a bad spot. Even streamers and content creators who have been working with and around the studio have broken ties and demanded swift and severe action. To me, it's sad. This is a part of my history. The the, the game studio whose games I have put the most hours into on the planet violated the trust of not only their own employees, but also the people who play their games, who buy their products. You abused women. You're done. You know, if if I was if I was a piece of Activision, I would say, oh dear God, we are going to roll back this merger and Activision is going to stand on its own and Blizzard can do whatever the hell Blizzard wants because you know what? This is not working. You know, it, you could tell that there were issues behind the scenes just from the way that the games were progressing, just from issues in the game, cultural references, what have you. Um, you know, I, I personally never would have guessed that it was this severe. And like all issues, these issues stem from the top. And this leads back to Brack leaving. Okay. Dude, you're the president of a company who makes billions of dollars a year. And you can't hire a halfway decent HR team and a group of leadership to make sure that your developers aren't acting like jackasses. What the hell is wrong with you? Let's talk about management. That that that's our second topic for the day. We're gonna we're gonna move away from Blizzard's stupidity and their managers' issues, and we're gonna talk about management. Management is a thankless job. You are one. You are the one getting the flack from you know the CEO, the president. You're also the one catching the flack from the general day to day employees below you. You know you're playing the deadlines and metrics and working with your employees to try and hit those numbers. Sometimes even when those deadlines are psychotic. Okay, true story. You know, but the reality is, is that that's the job. If you don't want the job, don't get into management. If you can't handle the job, if you can't stand up to your boss and say, hey, this is some bullshit. What are you doing when your people are being victimized in the workplace? You shouldn't be there. Get the hell out. And yes, again, I'm mad on this. I honestly shouldn't even do this topic just because of how much it sets me off. It makes me so angry. When you're a manager, there's a key component that people seem to forget, regardless of any classification that you can use to judge your employees. Your job as a manager is to protect them. There is a sacred thing there. Your job as a leader is to protect the people that you're leading. Okay? Protect them from physical harm by having security, 
weightlifting restrictions, stuff like that. Stuff where physically, if your employee could possibly get hurt at doing something, you're going to have a policy in place to make sure that that action doesn't ever happen. You're going to train your people about those policies and make sure that they're adhered to. You know, protect them from harassment by having harsh and immediate punishment if somebody sexually harasses another person. If somebody's sexually harassing somebody in your company, fire them. No questions. Landmark firing. That That's how you do that. Out in the middle of the entire bullpit, instead of putting them in a closed office, you walk out and you chew their ass. You look at them dead in the face and you say, uh-uh, we're not going to do this here. You get out. Next paycheck, you'll have your check in 24 hours. Get the hell out of my office. Don't you dare talk to anybody here. You're done. Don't play. Don't Don't play around. These people are a cancer. In corporations. Protect your team from anything and everything that you possibly can. Everything that you can. You know, think of it, think of it like your kid, right? You want to protect your child from anything and everything that you can possibly protect your child from. You want them to be safe, secure, and happy. Guess what? It's the same deal. You're not a babysitter per se because there's we're talking about adults. But guess what? There are some very very strong parallels between being a parent and being a manager. You're going to tell them not to do dumb things. You're going to set rules and expectations for them to follow and you're going to follow up with them to make sure that those rules and expectations that you laid out are being adhered to. Okay? Respect. Respect. I don't give a damn what demographic you come from. If you're good at a job, you're good at a job. And I'm going to want to keep you around. If you give me a reason to look past the fact that you're good at your job, I'm going to judge that on the basis of your job performance and your interactions with both myself customers, and the people that you work with. And if you're doing too many detrimental things to my customers, your coworkers, and me, you're not going to be there. If you scream at me in the back of my store using racial slurs, I'm going to pull the trigger. You're done. You're gone. Get out. Hasta luego. See ya. It's not okay. You used a racial slur. What happens when you use it with a customer? What happens when you use it with another employee? Just because you're in private screaming at me doesn't mean that that behavior is okay. I had an employee like that left the company that I worked for because of that situation. Guess what? I fired him, told him to get out, called my boss, said, hey, I fired so-and-so, and got told immediately, no, you can't do that. No. Write him up. Put him on a final write-up. I was gone in less than a month. That's not leadership because my boss's job, just like my job was, was to protect me, part of his team. And that's the way it works. It's like an onion. There's layers to it. As you get higher to the top, there's less people covering your back. But all the way to the top, the second tier down, the top's job, just like my job was for my employees, is to protect those people. And if you're not willing to take action when somebody does something highly unacceptable, then you're not willing to do your job and you shouldn't have it. Oh, you're never going to be perfect. It's never going to happen. Some things are just going to float through the cracks, either because you don't know about them or because, you know, there's nothing you can do, like in my situation. Um, you know, that, that clearly isn't the case at Blizzard. The lesson needs to be taken away that your people need to learn how, you know, people need to learn how they should manage. There's not enough of that. Apparently, you can go to college for six years, get an MBA, and get a job, and you're still a clueless adult. Hey, guess what? I've been saying this for a lot of years. I'm not personally, from my end, college is cool. I, I started it a couple times, went through classes, met some cool people you know, networked, 
you know, went to the frat parties, went to the, you know, house parties. I've been there. I played that game. I was 19 years old. I lived on frat row for Oregon State University. I've been there. That was my high school was interacting with these people. And I'll tell you something. I've been into house parties and this kind of behavior. I kid you not to a T. And guess what? The same people that these same MBAs that you're hiring straight out of college are the same people that I'm almost beat the hell out of for cornering my ex-girlfriend and a friend of hers in a back room at a frat party. Same deal. Guess what? Three of them work for major corporations. Yeah. Guess what? Making $250,000 a year mid-range manager overseeing over 500 people. Guess what? Guy can't keep a relationship to save his life because he can't stay true to the people that he's dating. This guy is a drunk. He's gotten three DUIs. This guy is toxic. Guess what? Not going to say any names. Not going to say the name of the company. Not going to say the name of the guy. But I'll tell you, he's still employed because his charisma and his management style are bar none. Guy makes 250 grand a year. Can't keep a can't keep a girlfriend or a wife. Been married a couple times. DUIs, one of which resulted in the totaling of his vehicle and him in the hospital for two weeks. Guys, what are we doing? Okay, there there's something called a morals clause that most corporations have you sign when you work for them, and it basically the simple version of it is if you don't act in a responsible and respectful manner both inside of the workplace as well as outside as the outside of the workplace we're going to terminate you <clears throat> guys blizzard has people sign these i guarantee it every major corporation on the planet has people sign these the mechanisms were in place to deal with this situation in a responsible and professional fashion and these idiots ignored it Some people know that I was in the bar industry for a number of years. You know, I was, I mainly did security and bar backing and, you know, because of that, occasionally it's fun to sit down and, and binge watch a show called bar rescue. It's got John Taffer, who's arguably one of the best bar consultants in the world. Um, and so I've done that over the last couple of weeks and, you know, it, it's an over the top show. There's, there's some parts that are obviously scripted. Um, it's heavily, heavily edited. But there, there's one piece of reality that screams throughout every single episode, every single season of the show. Okay. One of those, one of those pieces of reality, the little nuggets of truth is that if you try and be your employee's friend and you don't enforce rules and establish goals for your staff, your staff is going to run you over. If they think that they can get away with murder, they're going to. Because guess what? The only the people that have the most interest in the company, the people that care the most about the business, who care most about the profits, who care most about success, are the owners, the CEO, and the president. If you've got a chief in your job title, you give a damn. If you're an investor, you give a damn. Everybody else? They can find a different job. Meh. They might care, but they're being paid to care. And if you're an ass, they're not going to stay around. You know, and, and that's the thing. You know, it could be a really, really good guy or gal who's soft-spoken, right? Who's just quiet, doesn't like to do a lot with conflict, just can't deal with it. They get run over. Why? Because they don't want to deal with the conflict. But the problem is, as a manager, if you have to step into conflict, that's your job. Step up or get out of the way. And the problem is, most of the time, these people just get out of the way. But there's nobody behind them 
that knows about the problem that gets involved and forces a resolution to the issue. You know, the other one, owners are never around. Managers are never around. You know, this is, this is actually the argument by major corporations about having remote workers. This is a big one. This is a huge one for me. I don't want to work in an office every day. I don't. I would rather sit in front of my $2,500 gaming computer that I built out that I set up for development with 68 inches of screen along with my MacBook sitting in the corner ready for me to go out the door. I want to work in a park. I want to work in a coffee shop. I want to work from my home sitting there in a polo when I'm doing Zoom calls, but a a pair of of shorts. I I don't want to work in an office. I, I don't feel the need to interact with other employees on a regular basis. If I need to, I can pick up Zoom. I can pick up the phone. I can hop in a Discord call, what have you. I don't want to be in an office. But the problem is, is that not being under the direct supervision of somebody, stupid things can happen. And it's going to be these idiots, the same kind of folks that were working over at Blizzard, the same kind of folks that I ran into in some of the local frat houses when I was around them. Guys, it's going to be these idiots that screw everything up, sending an email that's completely unacceptable or a message that's unacceptable over to a female employee. And all of a sudden now we have an issue there when the reality is, guess what? It's probably worse in the workplace. I'm a big fan of remote work. I'm not, I'm going to jump on that for two seconds here. I'm a big fan of remote work. The reality is COVID proved something that everybody needs to pay attention to. If you are in a, you know, cluster of desks within, you know, 12 feet of each other and you know, you're working day in and day out with each other and you've got an employer that doesn't let you take sick days because, you know, we need you. Guess what? Um, first of all, that's a crap employer quit. Second of, second of all, the reality is that you're going to end up with a sick workforce and some of those people could possibly die. You know, the other thing is another argument for remote work. We, you know, I talked about physical safety of people. You don't have disgruntled employees shooting up your your company's headquarters if nobody's there. Remote work is a huge thing and actually ironically ends up being in the company's favor, but there's there's people that are on the corporate side that don't understand this concept. And obviously some jobs can't be done remotely. I get it. A hundred percent, but don't, don't quit remote work just because of a couple idiots. Okay. Here, here's the key. And this is, this is what I'm, you know, this is what I'm trying to tell you. Establish rules, enforce them. And if something happens, you nail that person to the wall. Specifically, if you're dealing with sexual harassment or just harassment in general, or the safety and security of your employees, Cut your losses. Cut the cord. No golden parachute. No, you know, nicely escorting them out the building. You show up with your security people and you, if you have to, forcibly drag that bastard out the, out the door. Make an example. It's called a landmark fire. Make an example. You're not going to tolerate people abusing your employees, whether they're male, whether they're female. I don't care who they are. Demographics don't matter. You're not going to have somebody who's abusing your employees. Cut them loose. All right. I've, I've, I've sat here and ranted for almost half an hour at this point. Okay. It, it obviously gets me fired up. It's obviously something that I'm, I'm really, 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 you know, passionate about. You know, I... <laughs> I have good news. Okay. I I do. I I have good news. Okay. And the wording for this, I couldn't I couldn't I'm I'm sucking on the wording for this. I got to be honest. This is one of those that I really like I want to spend the next 6 weeks sitting here and fine-tuning the language and and making it perfect and I I've, I've got a little OCD if you didn't figure it out yet. ADHD and OCD at the same time. It's enough to put, make you want to bash your head against the wall. <laughs> I have something of announcement. The wording isn't perfect. Eventually, it will get better when we talk about it in the future. But it's something that I'm extremely excited about. 
Okay, this is this is one of those moments where we have a crap sandwich. It's good stuff with crappy stuff with good stuff at the end. That's that's this episode in in a, in a nutshell. We've we've got Chris and his amazing girlfriend having a kid, and now there's another baby that we need to talk about. So here here's the announcement. Last week is a partnership agreement was signed between two guys who have passion for web development and creating innovative tools. Passion and drive are two major key components in that business. A want to create something for businesses who do not have web developers on staff that can evolve their digital presence into one that will increase their clients' abilities to create more functional sales funnel while not having to stay up at night wondering how to make it happen. I want to announce that New Evolution Digital, a web development agency, was born last week. After over a year of discussion and planning, it is a partnership between myself and Jesse Madrano. And I'm going to be real. It's going to be awesome. New Evolution Digital is a web development company that is owned and operated by two former sales managers turned software engineers who have a focus on creating a digital environment to create sales and turn websites into a full-blown web experience. All too often, people put up a website that gives them a presence, but not nearly optimized to get them more sales and actually opens potential risks by not being able to not being created and maintained with accessibility in mind. What some people don't realize is that there are numbers that tie into the success of a website. New Evolution Digital understands that and uses a metric-based approach as a starting point to what needs to be changed so that there's a solid starting point of understanding for both the team working on the projects and the client who is potentially less technically inclined. A good example of this is not having website a website SEO optimized, missing H1 to H6 tags, having too many, not having alt tags on images, not having a design that minimizes the number of clicks to get you where you, the client wants the customer, no real call to action, too much bloat, things like having a huge MP4 that plays when you load the page that has zero sound and could be a GIF or could be a uh, WebM for substantially less cost. Perhaps you simply have a, an outdated site that looks like Amazon the day that they launched, you know, Couple images, blue te- blue links, black text, white background. You know, re- regardless of the issue, it is our calling to take websites to a new level to ensure that there are sales generated by that website. Why is this important? Business sites sh- should exist for a singular purpose to make money. You might notice that major corporations have a cash generating have cash generating content spread throughout their sites. For example. Amazon has a buy now button on every single item, which bypasses the majority of the cart and checkout system. Why? Because if you're in a hurry, you know your information's correct. Clicking buy now will save the you, the end user, roughly 30 seconds to a minute. And that time counts. I could literally toss up thousands of examples, but know this. Even if you own and operate a mom and pop company, or maybe you do freelance photography on the weekends, we're the guys for you. Web design has evolved into sales design. Um, just a quick note here. I'm super excited about this. Obviously, that was some canned stuff that I wrote prior to the show. I'm going to come off the cuff a little bit here. Um, new Evolution Digital or New Evo.dev um, is going to be a powerhouse. Our, our target clients thus far are going to be folks who, you know, they've they've got some sort of web presence but it needs to be tuned so that they can actually get performance out of it. There's, there's too many websites that are out there and, and most of them, unfortunately are, are some of the same businesses that are, that are struggling to keep the doors open. And so we want to come in, we want to help those individuals, whether it's a mom and pop, whether it's a larger company, whether it's, you know, somebody doing hobby, hobby stuff on the side to make money as a side hustle, you know, we want to do that stuff. And the cool thing is, is that, you know, if you're familiar with this podcast, you know that, you know, I'm a React developer. Front end, I'm slamming React, Next.js, something pretty to make that happen. You know, what you may not know is that, you know, I worked on a WordPress for over two years. In fact, I still occasionally will consult on that WordPress. And so I have a history of dealing with outdated tools 
tools that have been evolved into something better. A good example of that is WordPress. WordPress is still there. It's very, it is still 100%, 100% relevant. You know, some people love it. I hate it. There's too many things that could go wrong. It's too bloated. And honestly, it's it, for most people, it is way, way too much. Instead, you know, a good example of how you evolve that is there's there's something called Strappy. Strappy is a headless CMS that's fully JavaScript. It's got TypeScript support. GraphQL is, you know, a flick of a switch. It builds your entire back end basically for you. And then you toss a front end in front of it. And all of a sudden you have your CMS like you would normally have. But it's all JavaScript, which means it's really fast to put together. It's really fast and easy to maintain. You don't have a thousand different plugins to worry about. For example, you know, you're you're not using a plugin for PayPal, a plugin for Stripe, where if you update WordPress or you update that plugin, all of a sudden now you don't have the ability to take payments. Nah. This is this is why things like package lock exist. Once it's up, it's locked. Versioning isn't a thing. Um you know, and that's and that's the point, right? Is that we want to help people go who who potentially don't even know that their website could be a big piece of them failing. We want to go in, we want to help, we want to have a conversation. You know, we're we're fine-tuning our our sales process right now. I can tell you that it's gonna be a lot of reports. You know, we're we're doing a multitude of reports just to see where a customer is, and then we're taking a more metric-based sales-driven approach so that these people understand, hey, this this is how this is affecting you. And we want to help. <laughs> Obviously, we want to make money. You know, that's that's definitely going to be a piece of it too. But by the same token, I mean the reality is is that the way that I want to make money is to help other people make money. You know, I've I've always I've always kind of been that guy whether uh, I wasn't in sales who kind of was in the background who just kind of helped make things happen. You know, I don't have a problem, you know, driving out in the middle of nowhere, just to sit down with a client and just have a conversation just so they feel more comfortable about, you know, their needs being met. This is the same thing. So right now the site is not up. We are actively working on it. You know, our, our big thing is that, you know, our site has to be perfect and we're, we're acknowledging that and we're very slowly fine tuning and building it out. Because, you know, like I said, we want we want the stuff that we produce and put out to be next level, awesome, awesome stuff. You know, we we want to show the same mechanisms that we're advocating for. So we're we're literally researching, fine tuning. You know, I've got an SEO tool and a um, WCAG tool open looking at looking at aria roles looking at accessibility looking at seo scores you know and we're going to show our scores off when we're helping people because the reality is, is that our goal is to have as close to 100% on everything as we possibly can you know because that's the job As you might tell, I'm pretty stoked about it. Um, at some point, you will actually have Jesse popping on the podcast and doing an episode or two here and there. Um, dude is super smart, super passionate, super driven. Great guy. Um, he'll do a good job filling in for me occasionally. Um, you know, it's not going to change the work that we're doing here. You know, this is still a software engineering podcast. We're still focused on wanting to educate people. You know, that's why every single episode, even even today's episode, you know, is is educationally driven. You've gotten some insight into management. You've gotten an insight into what not to do as a manager and some some of what you should do as a manager. Um, side note, I did drop a few links into the portion talking about management. Um, one of them is from um, Harvard Business Publishing. Another is from Indeed. The last one is from Business News Daily. All of these, I looked at them. They're very, very good. Um, you know, real quick before we close out, I do want to, I do want to read a portion of the one from Business News Daily. Okay, this, these are characteristics of a good leader. You know, tips for a new manager. Characteristics of a good manager are collaborative, growth oriented, 
excellent communicator, impact driven. Okay. So impact driven, that means that, you know, every worker wants to feel valued. If they don't feel like they're being valued, you know, if they don't feel like they're making a difference, they're not going to be as motivated. So being impact driven is that you want them to feel like they're actively impacting what they're doing. Excellent communicator. You know, if if you if you have a, a negative or a hostile situation with an employee and your your immediate response is to lose lose it, to pop your top and just yell at them, you probably shouldn't be a manager. Growth oriented, this isn't just the business that we're talking about when we talk about growth. Growth oriented, you need to be building a replacement for yourself, right? Every single one of your people, if you feel like they're capable, you know, and actually, you know what, just every one of your employees. Keep them learning, keep them evolving, keep them growing as a person and as an employee. You know, if, if you see somebody struggling, you know, maybe maybe they're super, super mopey, they're having a hard time, pull them aside and say, hey, how are you doing? You doing all right? You know, offer them resources. You know, you, you've got to be careful about doing it, but offer them resources, help them out. Collaborative. Being able to step in and work with anybody, it's a huge thing. Because the reality is, is that you're going to work with a lot of different people as you, you know, manage. Here's what to avoid. Okay. Only providing feedback during performance reviews or when issues arise, right? Even a, even a weekly, Hey, I, I, I saw that 150,000 lines of code that you cranked in over the course of the last 80 hours. You're my friggin' hero. You're awesome. Looks good. Thank you. Why, why wouldn't you take two seconds and say that to your employee? Like, why not? You know, trust your team. Your job as a manager is to hire, train, reinforce the training, but to manage a team, set expectations and trust that they're going to get it done. If they don't, that's why you have performance evaluations. That's why you can sit down with them and say, hey, you missed this metric. Talk to me. Help me understand what struggles you went through and how I can facilitate you to better hit the goals that I want you to hit. You know, being closed-minded to criticism or new ideas. You know what? I'm going to be straight up. There are businesses I've worked for that I approached owners or I've approached managers. And I said, hey, if we did this, we could make so much more money. And I sat down. I One of them, I actually put together an hour-long presentation with a TLDR section so that I could actually have it done in you know, about five minutes, wouldn't even sit down with me long enough to watch it. And I sold it, man. I, I sold it. Don't, don't be closed off because here's the thing. The difference between you being successful and failing could be the advice, the criticisms, or the ideas of one of your entry-level, you know, frontline team. Don't run away from necessary conversations. Don't be the guy that can't deal with conflict. You have to deal with conflict, guys. That's part of management. It's part of being human. One time or another, somebody's going to have a hard day. They're going to bark at you and you have two options. You can look at them and go, hey, I didn't do crap to you. I don't appreciate being talked to that way. I show you respect. You can show me respect. You can have that conversation or you can just slink back to your office and feel like crap. I don't know about you, but at least saying something, most of the time people will actually respond to that and go, oh, crap, I'm sorry. My bad. I I, I didn't mean to. I'm just having a hard time. But bear with me. I'm sorry. More often than not, just you know, having somebody growl at you and go, hey, really? What did I do? I haven't done anything to you. I don't appreciate that. That 10 seconds. Guess what? Now you've fixed their day because they're thinking about it. It's like, oh, I'm bringing my personal crap through the door when I should leave it at the door. My bad. Everybody's going to have bad days. But being able to have a backbone and stand up for yourself is going to minimize how much you're affected by their bad days. Here's another big one. We talked about psychotic deadlines. It happens. It happens a lot. Um, especially in sales. I mean, I, I had a month where corporate actually reached out to us and said that if we didn't hit our sales metrics for the month, don't worry about getting written up or fired because of your sales numbers. They had an automated system where 
our sales number would just in, continue to grow until we hit that plateau. And then at that point, they would send in a consultant, one of their their team, to evaluate how to better facilitate more sales. And then we'd be back on the rise, and then we'd hit a plateau again. Like it, it was nuts. Um, I want to say that was wireless. That was when I was working for a Sprint retailer, and I want to say that as an individual, as I as an individual, I was expected to hit like 128 upgrades or total devices, rather. And it's like, uh, the what? This is in little Ontario, Oregon, like two hours away from Boise, like population 1500 or something. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Um, but yeah, don't, don't set expectations too high. Don't set them too low and make sure that you're clear with what you want accomplished. Because here's the reality, right? So you can you can literally give somebody a micromanaged you know to do list, or you give them 50 different things to do over the course of a week. But underneath each and every one of those things, you have exact steps you want taken. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna be real. I would rather somebody hand me a list of just the headers of those goals. You know, for for example, right? You know, I the car lot I worked at. Work on advertising. Help identify vehicles that detailers need to spend more time on. Respond to leads. Hey, cool. I can do every one of those things. Is there a specific way you want it done or can I just do it? This is the point where you go, yes. There is a specific way I want you to do it. However, I want to see what you come up with. Get creative. Make it happen. Be as efficient and as thorough as you possibly can. And then I'm going to walk away. I'm going to go hide my office, shut my door and do my job because I just did my job. Now that person is going to start on those tasks and they're going to think about the fact that, hey, this dude just let me do my thing. I can just do my job. I don't have to worry about him looking over my shoulder, having to do it a specific way, even if it's dumb. I just have to get the job done so I can cut this corner because this part really really doesn't matter but i need to spend extra time here to make sure that this x y and z get done right so now they're managing themselves you know just before lunch i'm gonna walk out and say hey how's it going what'd you get done and all of a sudden you know they're gonna get, they're gonna rattle off a list of things they've done cool great you got more than I wanted done. That's awesome. You're going to have this list of crap done by Wednesday. If you get it done by Wednesday, you know what? I'm going to give you a paid day off. Why? Because you did your job, right? I mean, obviously, don't get people paid days off if they just do their job. But I mean, the, the reality is, is that you want to, you want your employees to feel like they're getting taken care of. And it, you want them to get creative because the reality is, is that we all have different ways of doing things and we want to let them do things and we, honestly we want to give them enough you know we want to give them enough leeway to catch themselves up you you want them to you want to give enough leeway that if they're driven they're going to get the job done but if they're not driven we're going to be able to see it very very clearly and there are some people that you have to you know micromanage but on average, that's the biggest complaint you hear from people. All right. Here's my closing. We're almost done here. I actually, you know, exceeded 48 minutes. This is uh, round two recording this today. Just an FYI. Um, super stoked about new, Evo Devo, new Evolution Digital. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of work. There's a lot of moving pieces to it. It's in process. Website, you know, like I said, we're making per Pixel Perfect. We've got a lot of elements that we're putting together that are very much performance and sales driven. Um, you know, every line of code is is something that we want to be perfect. You know, this episode has been a bit scatterbrained, and for that, you know, I apologize. But to a degree, you know, I, I, the update on Blizzard needed to happen. Announcing the announcing new Evolution Digital needed to happen. You know talking about management something that you know i want to be a thread because you know i think at the end of the day all of us want to strive towards you know career growth and career growth means from going from 
you know, day one on the job working in the trenches, so to speak, to a, a more supervisor or manager position. So I'm, I'm, that's definitely going to be a common thread. Um, you know, I, I wanted to make sure that there was a bit of transparency, you know, me, me being involved with a new company, putting in a bunch of new work for that, you know, it's, it's going to cause this to, you know, it's going to impact the podcast a little bit, but the reality is, is it shouldn't be too bad. Um, you know, and the cool thing is, is that it might actually elicit more guests. It might actually elicit new content. Um, you know, we're, we're going full bore. We're already working on locking down our first clients, you know, to get going, you know, but at the end of the day, I want to thank each and every one of you for your patience and your loyalty. We're seeing awesome growth. We've seen a community slowly building and you know, that's, that's what it is every single day. You know, I'm, I'm seeing new likes on the Facebook. I'm seeing, you know, more subscribers and more, you know, activity on YouTube. I'm seeing a ton on, on Spotify, which is awesome. You know, it's slowly coming together and eventually it's going to get to a point where, you know, we're going to be doing live events. We're going to be doing live streams, stuff like that. And it's, it's going to be fun. So with that, here's my shameless plug. If you have not done so already, make sure that you hop on whatever platform you are listening on, whether it's Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, etc. Make sure that you slap the crap out of that subscribe button, that follow button, that like button. Make sure that you share with your family and friends if you think that they're interested. Let's grow a community because at the end of the day, the goal is to help produce some of the best software engineers on the face of the planet and to be a part of a community so we have, you know, people to go and turn to so that we can share ideas and generally be awesome. All right. I'm out guys. You have a great rest of your week. We will see you next week. I will continue to do some more drops as far as new Evo digital. Hopefully we can get Jesse in here, here with the next few episodes. We've got a couple more guests that we're waiting on. One of them has COVID lovely, but at the end of the day, guys, thank you for listening. I'll see you next week.